our little tagline that we've used for years now is that film don't lie is where the video meets the data we show you the video all the time we talk about the data we're going to show you some data from the nfl combine in this brent rollins dane young here from ugasports.com brent i know the combine is something that piques your interest specifically every year just the draft season in general uh, but when we start looking at some of these numbers that we're going to see the performance of georgia players in the nfl combine just as an overall thing what do you look for from players from this particular event and in the future we'll be having the same discussion about pro day yeah it's just what are the outliers like are you and do you hit sort of kind of like hey are you 48 inches and you can ride the ride at a certain theme park like do you hit certain benchmarks and not be behind that like for example if you're running the 40 and you're a running back are you at least four six four six five or faster if you're you know receiver are you certain number faster you know, do you have certain, you know, if you're an edge guy, what's your three cone, uh, you know, speed, things like that. It's just more of, it's just, okay. I can check that box that there isn't a something that I maybe need to rewatch now the tape. Cause like, for example, years back, you think back to Elijah Holyfield. And then when he ran the 40 and you're like, Oh, like, I mean, do, okay. We need to go back and look. And it went from, Hey, this guy's going to be middle of the round pick to, no, he doesn't get drafted because of that. So even Kendrick last year, Darren Kendrick, you know, does all that stuff. And you think, oh, he's not, you know, he's not a speed guy. We've seen that on tape. And then he runs four, seven something. And you're like, Ugh. like, and that's what caused him to get drafted. What in the seventh round, I think by the Rams. So it's and more looking at the outliers. The reverse is true that like a Chris Conley can go to the combine and people say, oh, I didn't see any of that in college. And then now it's turned into what a ten-year NFL career for him, and even one that from this past weekend where it's just like, I knew there was explosion there and speed, but maybe not that level of speed. Yeah, especially coming off of uh, injury. Let's start it this way: just uh, let's pick three things from each of us that just caught our attention, or maybe surprise us, or things of note from Georgia players for the combine. Uh, we'll kind of do this back and forth. I'll give you my number three first. And you just kind of teased it a little bit, but <laughs> I think it's that Nolan Smith does it all. And like great player at Georgia, don't get me wrong. I, I found him to be more of like a hype guy at Georgia and not like a dominant defender. He was a really good player, but those numbers say, oh, he, he's about to be like a cornerstone player in somebody's defense. And I think that we wouldn't have said that, what, a year ago? No, I think it's just the explosion. Like you saw that you see the explosion and how he handles the run and how he takes on blocks, but we never really truly got to see it. Like we did the plays of the, the highest graded plays. And we remember you said, Hey, this is one I didn't really remember because it was a Nolan pass rush against Kent state yeah. where he was legit turned loose on the edge. Go be speed guy there. And we just don't see it a lot. And I think a lot of that is much his issue is much like Trayvon a year ago where Georgia doesn't turn guys loose and just give them freedom on the edge. And their numbers, consequently, aren't always going to be eye-popping to where it's like, ooh, that guy's definitely a you know double-digit sack guy, first top 15 pick. But then you see the measurables, and it completely changes kind of that, that narrative in a way. We'll show you the specifics. Your number three thing that stood out. How freaky fast was the 21 defense? And particularly – the front seven because you think about so nolan just went you know we'll look at the number but we know it's four three nine jordan davis was the fastest ever 341 pounds four seven eight Devonte wyatt four seven seven quay four five two trayvon four five one tindall four four seven i mean and even robert beal four four eight like which was that was sort of a another one where it's like oh okay now we need to re-examine the tape but that was the thing for me is just how freaky fast was that 21 defense you kind of project ahead too and say but michael williams is going to run a pretty good 40 in a couple of years yes. or i think marvin jones jr has the potential to run a pretty fast 40 in a couple of years very much so will they have the tape and production to go along with it because a great workout is one thing but we see a lot of players mm -hmm. that don't do as good at this and they're really good football players and vice versa. Number two thing that stood out to me, watching the national media realize that Stetson Bennett is a really good football player. <laughs> because it's obvious that like people that just read Twitter, 
and the people that have watched Georgia to the extent that we have, that like we're used to seeing him throw the deep ball very accurately, especially within the last year, year and a half. Like he, he's grown into a great player with good mechanics. And I, I think that surprised people. It shouldn't have. No. And, and what's interesting is that was actually also on my list. We didn't, we didn't compare notes. We did. I, I wrote Stetson ripping it. Yeah. Like the velocity, you know, he, he obviously had the fresh sort of a somewhat fresh fade. So you knew he was kind of dialed in <laughs> in a different way for the combine, but the deep I balls. Think Roddy, I think Roddy, when he came up to the podium, I think he said, uh-oh, Stiquavius. Yes. <laughs> I think Roddy said that into a microphone, which just made me laugh. And, and that's hilarious. And that's, <laughs> but you know, that's, that was his mantra that you could, that was a thing this year. It became a thing in a sort of persona or a, you know, his, Hey, I'm putting on the cape. I'm Superman now, kind of deal. And but the 59 miles an hour with the velocity was was only you know same as Levis. Which only on my brand, in- I, I did do my Twitter joke that 59 miles an hour, only 10 more to go. <laughs> and he can get there. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but yeah, that I wrote that same thing down as well. Stetson Brock would come out of retirement for that just to catch I, that football. And what's what's interesting though is I think if he were 22. It would be, hey, this guy's a third round pick or late second round, third round pick. And there would be no questions and everybody would just feel that way, especially or and the, if he was like a three star coming out of high school, like everybody would just be on that train versus, hey, you know, he's been around the block. His age is a little up there. Wasn't a recruit. Those things just kind of unfortunately are there. It's just perception versus actual reality. And we've shown actual reality where he's deep ball velocity on stuff it's like you said he ripped it or if he was six foot three and i get like yeah, yeah bryce young short i understand that but what i'm saying is uh bryce young has a heisman trophy and it's more crazy dynamic throws on tape yes. that's does. i'm not trying to say that the height is something that should be held against him but when the other things aren't there reputation wise regardless of what tape says you kind of have to overcome some of that uh, Levis actually has the opposite going on. You put on Levis's tape and you're like, I see all the ability, but I see a ton of mistakes. Yes, I agree. And we'll get to that conversation later. Same the with fun Richards, quarter, we'll the, hold that the fun. <laughs> the fun was that was that your number one, uh the Stetson deal? Uh, I was just it was the next one. No, it was actually next the next one, one okay. that I had. So, so then I will go to my final one, which it's also national media perception. Uh watching the national media realize that Darnell Washington big. He is <laughs> my my go-to for this has always, and we've said it on the videos. He's a different level of human being. Yeah, he just is. And I thought that I saw the picture posted uh, this evening. It was Ian Rapport or somebody. The him and the guy that was listed at six seven. Darnell was listed at like six six and a half, and Darnell still looked taller, both with shoes and without shoes, than that guy. Like it's like. Okay, are we <laughs> we doing here? Well, but- uh, so the combine's interesting though because pound for pound, there are much better athletes than Darnell Washington. Like you, you see his vertical jump, you see some of these other things. Like he doesn't get percentage based off of his body like some other people do. It does not matter because like he starts at the level that he is, and yes. so I, I think any team that passes on him should be required to go up to him and tell him that they're doing so just so they can rethink that dilemma. I think that he's a no-doubt first-round pick. If I'm any NFL team, I think you get better immediately. I th- And look, I, if I have to pick a favorite NFL team, and this is going to upset some of our Falcons fans, <laughs> crossover viewers, but like, if I had to pick a favorite NFL franchise, it's the Saints because I've fallen in love with the city of New Orleans because of the amazing food down there over the last two years. Anywho, uh, a team like New Orleans that needs to get out of cap hell, probably tank for a couple of years and just reset, Darnell would be the perfect person to add to that team because you you stabilize, you get a position that's probably not going to require a ton of money in future years, and, and you can just begin to kind of turn the page without being horrendous. The interesting thing when we talk about him, and we'll, we'll talk about this later when we do our sort of individual draft profiles, but when we look at some tape as well, but – Last year, 6'7", 260-plus pound tight end that ran 4'6'1 in the 40, Jelani Woods was drafted in the like 72nd, 73rd overall by the Colts. So because of the position, 
but his profile obviously didn't have what Darnell's profile has from a blocking perspective. And I mean, we've said this all along. If Darnell wanted to be a left tackle, he could go be a first round left tackle right now. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those where he, he is that sort of different level of human being though. And your final uh, observation. Broderick Jones made a lot of money because UGA kind of iffy on their listings a little bit. I didn't, I, you know, you've always seen him listed. I thought he was a, you know, like kind of out of high school, 6'6". Six, six. Like I remember always seeing him listed as 6'6". Six, six. And then UGA has always listed him at 6'4". And when you're 6'4 and you're a tackle, then you start getting those questions of, are you really a guard at the NFL level? Like, Jamari like, Sawyer, that's what you like, get. All that stuff. <laughs> But then he measures six, five and a half, basically. And you're like, so to me, you're like, okay, oh. And you look at, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah did his player comp with uh, Iki Aquanu that went in the top 10 last year to Carolina. Like, Broderick, to me, now puts himself squarely in that offensive tackle one and potentially in the top 10 realm. And when you look at sort of who made the most money, like going from – pick 18 to pick eight potentially that's a ton of money like versus hey i'm a fifth round pick versus now i'm a third round pick not a lot of money 18 to 8 20 to 8 22 to 8 to 6 huge amount of money i would say and we'll use this as our transition into actually looking at the numbers that each of the players put up but i would say that if you had to do kind of a stock up, stock down of Georgia players. Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, I think, made themselves some money. Darnell with that one-handed mm -hmm. catch in particular because yes. that's a skill set he didn't. And the gauntlet himself, how he handled the gauntlet. The yeah. catching them, yeah. Um, Stetson Bennett, I think, probably mm -hmm. stabilized from what the narrative has been since the title game uh, in terms of, of – I mean, and Nolan Smith, obviously. Gosh, there's, there's four guys right there. Um, in terms of losing, you have to think Jalen Carter probably is not in the first overall pick discussion anymore. Uh, and maybe he wasn't anyway. Um, he's not dropping out of the top ten. He's, I don't think he's dropping out of the top five. Right. And so there, I'm just saying there's potential that, like, this week cost him a little bit. Although, I, considering the circumstances, he handled it about as well as you could ask someone to. Um, and I think and, the key for is finality. Like, is there – is it, is it lingering? Is there ongoing? Is there other possibilities? Or is it final, done, you know, decent yeah. community service, pay some fines? Like, if it's done, then much like the stock market, once you have certainty, all right, then you go sort of a different way. When there's uncertainty is when you get the ebbs and flows and maybe dropping. I thought Kenny McIntosh's 40 time may have cost him a little bit, although it's tough to say with running backs. He, he I know he's not the speedster burner type, but, I mean, there are a lot of defense events that ran faster than that. Yeah, and I think it's one of those where, much like we talked about earlier, at least he wasn't four six eight, four six nine. It was four six zero, oh, four six two, something like that. Yeah, like, that's about where he was going to be. We knew he wasn't a take it to the house back, but what his skill set is is, I think he put definitively puts himself in that fourth, fifth round uh, area. Like, yeah. I, I just, it's kind of the opposite were, of like when, when you see Jameer Gibbs put up the 40 he did, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yes. That's a first round running back, maybe. Maybe. And, yeah. and if he, if Kenny was 449, like much like Cook, like James yeah. Cook last year, James Cook went 444 or 445 or something like that. Okay. Now he gets picked 58th in the second round. If Kenny would have been in the four fives or lower four fives, now it's maybe early third round, middle third round versus fourth, fifth round. Let's put up these numbers here from the uh, 40 time from one this, bonus take from one bonus sort of big picture thing Two, two actually two quick ones. One, much like last year, the combine was again, a Georgia infomercial marketing campaign. And then two, five stars are five stars for a reason. <laughs> when you see Keely and Nolan right here, Keely, Nolan, Darnell, like all these guys that were five star recruits and then test out the wazoo. They were five stars for a reason. The first thing that I always think is important with 40 times, and yes, positions can vary on, on this, but like 
in the natural flow of a game, and I think you see this when you see a Kenny McIntosh run a 4-6-2 here, but we've also seen him break away from fast people. In the course of a game, three-tenths of a second, not always the most meaningful thing in football. Like, this shows that you're a better athlete or that you can run at a higher speed in that in that burst. But, like, I, I've seen Christopher Smith look really fast on a football field, and he ran a 4-6-2 here. So I don't want to turn this into, the, like, the football speed versus working out in, you know, the underwear Olympic speed. But what I'm saying is I, I don't see any here that are, like, super alarming. I get it that running backs, the scat back types tend to be a little faster, but Kenny McIntosh is more of a receiver anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I think having this many Georgia players under four, seven at a variety of positions that, that speaks to the program. Yes. And, you know, strength and conditioning development, all that. Now what's interesting with Ringo's like, I think he tested like four, three, five at the rivals challenge as a senior in high school. And I thought, oh, is he going to get into the like lower four threes? I thought he might be like four three two, and where you you really sort of, but still, that's insanely fast for somebody yeah. who's almost two hundred and ten pounds. What Nolan did was obviously a whole different animal. Like he completely, I, I think he was somebody who I thought would be a perfect Philadelphia Eagle with their second first round pick at thirty one. Now he won't be there at thirty one. I don't think. I think he's not getting out of the teens likely to me. Um, but the the biggest sort of eye-opener on this one was Beal, where it's like, oh, I mean, this is a guy who technically led the team in sacks a, a season ago, or in, in 2021. And it's like, okay, different level athlete, Georgia's system. They don't really let these edge guys loose. To me, he went from someone who wasn't going to be drafted. I don't think he would have been drafted to now potentially being a fifth, sixth round pick, you know, or drafted at some point now. And that's a big deal yeah. for him. Yeah. And and that's another testament to staying in Georgia's program and working and out. Did who you do you see think on- Stetson's 40, by the way? Did you like he basically slowed up at the, yeah. at the end? Like that was, I was watching it. I'm like, what are you? Oh my goodness gracious! How are you not going through the line? <laughs> Do we think that Arian Smith would run the fastest forty of current Georgia players? Now he's the track guy, so that's my brain goes. I would, there. I would say yes. I mean, but there's also CJ Smith. That's you know the yeah. true freshman that was there, and it's forty versus hundred meters, or you know versus the much sort of or versus the true track type stuff. I, I, I think you're right. I think he's probably going to be in the like four, three, three, four. He'll, he'll be a step faster than Keely. Because what piques my interest is, Lad. is there someone at Georgia? Well, yeah, well, lab piques my interest in just a variety of ways. Uh, let, let me count them. Um, is there a guy at Georgia that can flirt with a, a 4.2 something? Arian would probably be the only one that you would think, that is yeah. in that realm. I'd love I to know that, what Matthew Bowling runs the 40 in. The world may never know. Yeah. Let's get to uh, 10 yards flit times here. Again, hey, Nolan Smith at the top. Uh, and shout out to Kiris Jackson here too because um, that's that's pretty darn quick there. And this one and the shuttle, like these are two for certain positions where you're like, okay, I really want to see what these times are because – you know, you think about how often do you actually run 40 yards on a play? It's kind of rare. It's more how quick and how explosive and fast are you in short spaces? You know, top end, yes, we want to see what the top end is, but also how quick and how explosive are you in, in these short – and, like, Darnell being right there near these guys, Stetson too, like, those are those are impressive. But when you're talking, I think this is a fun spectrum here, right? Because this kind of matches what our eyes see in the sense that Nolan Smith in this drill is a one five two, and a tenth in this drill is a very large percentage difference. And yes. so Robert Beal being a tenth behind that, I think when you watch them on tape, you see Nolan Smith One's covers more explosive more than space. the other. Yes, exactly. Quickly, yeah, more quicks, more get off. It, like that's a greater difference percentage wise in those times than the 40 was between those two. And so Robert Beal can sustain speed for a longer 
period, but he's just not quite as twitchy as Nolan Smith. And man, I don't even know how you teach this piece of it. I think some of this is just God giving. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, it's these guys train once they start and they stop. They they train the the start. Can you start off the blocks and can you not slip? Can you be explosive? Get to your get to your top end speed as quick as you possibly can. This right here is why Kenny McIntosh will be drafted middle rounds, is because that that's impressive for, I mean, someone that had the forty time that he did. Uh, let's look at verticals here. <laughs> Nolan, hello. <laughs> I mean, when you think that's about blocking what, kicks, what he did, <laughs> he he was only bested by Scene last year. So Scene was four three seven, and Tyndall was forty two in the vertical. That's that's it in terms of these explosive, you know, those two explosive type measures. He his there's a reason he was one of the top recruits in the nation, and you know, somewhat on the bright side for him, upper body injury. He's he's been working on explosion and and legs and training in that realm for a while, and it it paid off. Though the the next two are kind of one I was a little shocked. Uh, to see side by side with the exact same Bert. Uh, but Keely Ringo and Stetson Bennett both at 33 and a half. Yeah. And look, it is funny that Stetson Bennett can jump higher, vertical jump. Now, I'm not dunking basketballs here because they're at different planes, but his vertical jump is higher than Darnell Washington. That is just funny. And it'll always be funny and forever be funny. If I'm Stetson Bennett, I'm texting Darnell Washington once a day for the remainder of my life. Just with this graph. <laughs> hey, big fella. Right yeah. And then he'd be like, yeah, I just dunk when you standing still. He would. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine Stetson Bennett trying to guard Darnell Washington? I can't imagine post? anyone trying to guard him in basketball. Just that would not be fun. Backing him down. He'd just yeah. foul. Foul it's out six plays and go sit on the bench and have a good day. Yeah, vertical jump. Um, I don't know how much this is like super relevant in football. It tends to matter more for the receivers and corners, but I do think Nolan Smith here probably just earned himself a spot on some special teams for blocking kicks. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, do you hit sort of benchmarks for explosion? Yeah. I mean, it's as, as much data comes in, it's still, can you run fast? Can you jump high? And Nolan or Smith, far. as we see with the broad jump, he can jump high and he can jump far. Yeah. Uh, tops at Georgia. I thought Kyrus Jackson, good showing here with the 10-6. I'm interested to see if he gets drafted because I tend to think he won't. But, you know, there might be somebody who says, all right, hey, we can – this guy can win in the slot, physical, be a special teams player, return kicks potentially, and, you know, drafts that in the sixth or seventh round. So that, that to me, will be interesting to see. He's one of those that if it's borderline, I – I have a feeling the Georgia coaches and Kirby are going to push hard, you know, the team leader stuff and all that and special yeah. teams, um, all the intangibles that maybe you can sneak a, a starter on mm -hmm. special teams late in the seventh round, which that does matter. I mean, in roster management, and by the way, 1 million matter. percent. The answer to the question, does Kirby smart have, make sure that every single player knows the, the minimum salary, veteran minimum salary because of special teams. Yes. Yeah. Every single player on that roster knows what the what the special teams – just by being on the team through special teams, what the minimum is. I, I think Kyrus Jackson's path, and they're different positions, different sides of the ball, very similar to Malik Herring, to where you're probably going to have to be back end of a roster, maybe even down years. on the uh, scout team for a year or two. But if, if you keep at it, like Malik Herring was on the Chiefs roster this year. Mm -hmm. Like – that ring is coming. And so I could see he gets Chris one Jackson. Too. Yeah, he, he gets one too. Um, so there's your broad jump there. No one's the, sh the shuttle's the next one to sort of really. Two players because, for Georgia. Darnell because that's that, like Darnell himself, like tweeted something about, you know, being able to change directions. And then, yeah, he said, I can, I could change directions too. Yikes. <laughs> so and his third it's uh it says short shuttle short shuttle third yeah hard to say that fast third best of anyone at the combine this year you know not including the 
running backs that that went today. And, and then Stetson's was faster than all but four of the wide receivers. And this is one where we've seen this. We've, you know, you you made a video to great Kobe Calais music to it of him just put just breaking ankles yeah. all season long. But the national folk and national people that watch uh, that watch Georgia and watch Stetson haven't necessarily seen a whole lot of that unless they've seen a highlight package. Yeah. Which they could go to my Twitter. It's right there. Yes, for it us. is there. Uh, <laughs> we don't really care about the bench press. They're not Washington in 21 reps. Christopher Smith at 15. Uh, that is the – I feel like I could do 15 right now, Chris Smith. Come on now. All right. Okay. It'd be close. Sneaks, I don't know. Sneaks up, I, sneaks up on you. 225. I mean, I, I – I, about a month ago, I could. I I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not as confident as you are, but uh, <laughs> you probably work out a little harder <laughs> than I do. Um, all right, I know you got some topics you want to touch on, uh, so I'm going to hand you the keys as the producer role, and we'll uh, hit these. And I guess it's important to mention now that you made it 26 minutes with us. As we go through this draft process, film don't lie may turn into a bit more of uh, a talk show podcast deal. We'll sprinkle in some like film of players and things that NFL teams are looking at as we see fit. Um, but really until the draft now, we're just kind of monitoring what's happening and what teams are looking for. And we get to bring back my favorite game of this player feels, feels like, like a, a yeah. Um, I've got a couple already in mind. I thought Nolan Smith felt like he should be uh, playing for the Washington football team. I think that would kind of be a fit for them. Also to me, feels like a Patriot in the middle of the first round. Oh, Belichick loves him some Georgia boys. Oh, Belichick can he help himself? Uh, he so that's sees how Mike Vrabel two point. You know, he sees a more athletic Mike Vrabel and Teddy. You know, that kind of player that he can move all around and do things with. Uh, Kenny McIntosh feels like a Arizona Cardinal. So, but I, so these are yours. I, the, I am the biggest I am thing the analyst for me, and we'll, and we'll get to. I'm very curious as your opinion on this. After this weekend, and I thought it going in, I thought it since all of this started, and especially since Stroud had the game he did against Georgia. I think the first six, the first six picks are now set in stone. Just the only thing that is the order. I think it's the four QBs, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Whatever, whatever, whatever the sort of the order is. The only one that could sort of be a wrinkle in that is Seattle at five. I think they're at fifth. They're fifth. Detroit's six. But I just I, – I still think the four QBs are going in the top six picks. What do you think? Um, I'm going to – like I'm, the first thing I'm trying to do is poke a hole in it and think who would be the person to sneak in there, right? And uh, that's the key for spots. me. Yeah. In, in this draft – I don't think they're like if you you know they always tears who gets a who has a first round grade, and I think this draft is one where player at ten versus player at thirty, like the gap is not great, and there's just a a line of delineation where I, I think you the the guy you pick at twenty nine like Darnell if you pick Darnell at twenty nine versus you know, you pick the Van Ness guy from Iowa at 11. Like, I don't, from impact standpoint, positionally, yes, positional value is going to come into play there. But I don't think from a just how good is the player perspective, I don't know that it's that big of a difference. I'm going to – all right, I'll put it this way. If if teams trade around a lot in those first six picks, like if the teams that really want to get quarterbacks move up there and take them, I'm going to agree with you. If it's more quiet – then yes. I'm not going to agree with that because yes. I could see one of the offensive linemen being taken or the the edge rusher from Texas Tech if yeah. he is up there and someone's just in love with him. The difference is I don't see a sauce gardener in this draft of, of like a corner that you take super high. Yes. There, there are plenty of good corners. There's a lot of great corners. There's and a I think, lot of great corners. And I think Miles Murphy's a good player. I don't think he's a top six pick. No. So that's kind of where we stand if – if, I, if, I I think the, that's a great counterpoint. If there if, is no trade, if it's status quo, because I think if it's status quo, it's Will Anderson or Jalen one QB. And I'm two, saying 
beyond the Bears just moving back. Like, yeah. it's got to be more than just that. It's got to be teams jumping up there to get some of those guys. And, All that said, if though if it's four out of six that are quarterbacks in that top, historically that tells you half of them are not going to be that great. And so, one may not be in the league for a while. So that's – I did some research a little bit. So I look back from 2004 to current. And there's at least, um, you know, 80% of those, over 80%. I think there's – so in 2022, last year with Kenny Pickett, uh, in 13 with EJ Manuel, those are the only two where only one quarterback went in the first round. Mm -hmm. Every other time there's at least two, including like 08 with uh, Flacco and Matt Ryan. But when you look at, like, who makes Super Bowl championship games, who makes the championship game in Super Bowl? It's those guys. It's the first round guys because Tom Tom Brady's the massive outlier, and he's kind of put a wrench in all, all these numbers. But if you look at round at round two or later, guys that have made just Super Bowls, Jalen Hurts recently, Jimmy G, Nick Foles, uh, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. That's it. Like. The list is very, very small. So if and a couple of those were pretty high, it was like second round or third round. Yeah, and Foles was you know back up to a first round to a top you know top a second overall pick. Yeah, and that's kind of where he was. Uh, Jimmy G was trade. Hertz was kind of you know Hertz was in essence a backup until they gave him the, the, the starter role. But it you if you're going to get quarterbacks, you got to get them early, and you got to draft them high. Like, even think about Lamar. Lamar's never been in a championship game. Yeah. And that's, that's why I just think – and the thing with these guys, and I know I was on the, the call-in show, did the call-in show as well, because I've, I've long thought that Anthony Richardson could potentially be the number one pick in this draft. I felt like when uh, Anthony Richardson is said on our YouTube channel that you get a notification to your phone and you have to go to work. <laughs> that or like the, and the dog vent. And, the, and, and here's the thing. It was more, it wasn't necessarily about him as a player because there's a lot of bust type potential with him. Much like I think there is with Levis too. But it's one of those where because especially in the AFC, especially if you're Houston at two, you're Indianapolis at four, you're you know Vegas at seven, like Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, Patentia. The AFC is a gauntlet, and you need the elite of elite guys. And the you know these ones are at least athletically, arm strength, athletic ability. All four of these guys sort of pass that test in a way. So and I think that's why they go high. I've been a critical of Richardson and Levis and someone that knows way more about all well, of I think this. SEC fans in general, sure. they'll be like, hey, why aren't you taking Hinton Hooker ahead of them? Someone that knows way more about quarterbacks than I ever will told me what you're seeing here is NFL teams see what Philadelphia did with Jalen Hurts. And they say, we can build an offense around that. We need someone that can be versatile, run game, pass game, We'll do the rest of it as long as they can kind of hit the baseline marks. We'll put a system around that that works. Get a good offensive line, some skill guys around them. You'll win a lot of football games. My only caveat to that, because I agreed with that point, neither Levis nor Richardson did anywhere near what Jalen Hurts did in no. college. Jalen Hurts was a no. really, 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 really good college football player. Yes. And I think the problem is – Especially last year at Oklahoma. You didn't see the consistency with Levis or Richardson to say, oh, that one wow play they just had, they can do that 15 times a game. I haven't seen that yet. And if some NFL team unlocks the key and makes it happen, fantastic. I didn't see Justin Herbert do that in one game at Oregon either. Like it yeah. happens that you just have to get in the right situation. And look, frankly, Herbert had his great, what, second year? Not quite as good since then. Like I think most people would feel better about Trevor Lawrence right now. And yeah. they should, because he's really, really good. So, all to say, I, I if there's a team that takes either Levis or Richardson over C.J. Stroud, then that, you got problems. So I, that one I wouldn't, I wouldn't do because to me the floor, Stroud's floor is way higher than both of those players. Yeah, and that's why to me he's QB two, and may potentially even QB one A. 
Yeah. Like, cause, cause whether or not we, you know, Bryce Young is the outlier of all outliers. Cause don't give me the 204 pounds that he's the similar size as Kyler Murray. There's <laughs> no way on planet earth. That dude has been going to five guys five times a week for a month trying to get to that weight. Like, and he and, ain't and, that fast anyway. And he's not Kyler quick. Yeah. And Kyler struggled. And has he even won a playoff game? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, so, you know, and it's, it's much like when you see with Tua, the issues with Tua. Tua's problem is not that he runs into contact. It's just that he's so slight that just that he gets hit, you know, shoved and hit the back of his head more so than anything else. Well, and he doesn't, and maybe he'll he'll get to this. One of the beauties of watching, and Russell Wilson's more built than this. I get mm-hmm. that. But Russell Wilson never took a hard hit. No. Not in college, not in the pros. He was so smooth, and when it's time to get down, I'll get down. When it's time to go out of bounds, I'll go out of bounds. I'm going to avoid hits, and it's going to lengthen my career. And I get that he's bigger in stature than a Bryce Young is or than a Tua Tungvaluwa is. But that's a skill that has to be mastered, uh, unless you're the size of Josh Allen which I guess that doesn't matter as much though. And I think Bryce is a unicorn in that aspect. Like his anticipation, his vision, all those things. Like in in strength, the strength is underrated because he's strong as I'll get out. Like think back to last year in the SEC championship game when Trayvon just slid off of him. You know, number one pick Trayvon Walker just slid right off him, had a sack in his grasp, and then he, you know, punched it to the sideline to Robinson. Like he's there from a strength perspective, but it's just can you stay over the long haul? But I do think, like like you said, I think st- taking Richardson and or Levis over Stroud, I think, is a an issue because Stroud because he's so accurate. So it, his floor and and that's why I think you could see Indianapolis if Indianapolis is the team that goes to one, I think they could take Stroud yeah. because of they have a propensity to, to draft and care for bigger quarterbacks and that. But in the end, though, I still think that. Like this draft, and when we talk about on the augment, I saw this draft hype coming. I saw all of that because the the highlights are the highest of highs, and you know now that in this league you have to have a court. You either one have to have Hertz on a rookie deal who can run and become efficient throwing the ball, or you have to have the elite of elite guys, and that's athletically throwing all that. And Burrow's kind of an interesting combination of all those things. That's so, the first four quarterbacks off the board. We know Stetson Bennett's in the mix after that. Who else is he competing with there? Which quarterbacks could be taken ahead of him? What's his floor, I guess, in your opinion? Floor, I think, is fifth round. I don't, I, I, I can't see four, four fifth round. Once day three starts where teams have reset and they're like, hey, let's take this guy who we know is intelligent and can ball and, can, and, and is mobile as a backup. Like I've long said, I think he's going to be picked in the third round by the Dolphins. Like just as a, you know, far fetched kind of not necessarily far fetched, but out there prediction. But I think in that Brock in that Shanahan McVeigh system, much like what Brock Purdy had success wise uh, when he came into play with the roster that they have, I think if you go put him in one of those places, he's going to succeed and at least be a viable backup. I think he's the going Giants- to start games. I think the Giants should be spiteful and just draft him because he had an embarrassing moment in Dallas, and so that would look good for a New York Giants person. That's what I, I think. Hey, and Daniel, I mean, and if you don't want to pay Daniel Jones forty-eight million dollars or forty-five, whatever he's asking, but I, I will say one thing that I will always, forever, sort of you know, toot the horn a little bit is I got laughed at big time on the vent, not this year, but last year when he first started playing, about halfway through him playing, I said he will start an NFL game. I still think he's going to like too many quarterbacks play like Taylor Heineke played it, started a playoff game. His predecessor, Jake Fromm started an Jake NFL Fromm game. Jake Fromm started a game. Yeah. If yeah. Stetson's going to, if he wants to and hang around and we'll do the work and all that, he's going to start an NFL game. Um, notice the commonality with those top four picks though. You got to be able to be mobile and scramble a little bit. You don't have to be like super speedster. You're not going to find Lamar Jackson's at quarterback. But in college, moving forward, unless you just have the perfect arm, like Matthew Stafford level, zoom, zoom, you better be able to extend plays, avoid sacks, help your offensive line, do all the little things. Joe Burrow is not some going to run you off the field 40 times, but he's just so good about 
getting yep. where he needs to get to. Savvy. Plays. There's there's a there's a draft word for you. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah was rocking the draft words like he, he is, and he's in his prime of his career right now. Uh, <laughs> he all very right, much I'm, is. I'm taking the reins from you. What else Go you got before it. we wrap? No, that's it. That's I just think, I think that's this weekend because of the the buzz about QBs and specifically Richardson. I mean, he set two records for quarterbacks, vertical and what was was the forty one of them? I can't. It was something, but you know, he's the hype train is going to be there, and I do think. His ability to avoid sacks and keep his eyes downfield in the pocket. When you add the things like you said with Hertz and the running game, it's his the floor for him is maybe a little higher than than people think. Will Dan Mullen use this draft to get a job again? I would hope not. <laughs> right? Like, will will he say, "Yeah, I got Anthony Richardson to Florida. He got his first crack with me." And now look what he's doing. And I started him for the first – was it the first start he ever had was against Georgia? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Didn't the, go well. One of the greatest college defenses of all time. And, you know, then the Kobe Dean pick that for, will forever be remembered from by Georgia fans. I have a weird hypothetical for you to end the show, and it's actually not even draft-related. But okay. someone asked me this question. I like it. I haven't asked this to Coach Donnan yet, and I plan to on Tuesday. Um, so I will compare notes here. Every year we hear someone that doesn't know a lot about football say, well, do you think the national championship winning college football team could beat the worst NFL team? And this year that would be, could Georgia beat the Texans? Um, I mean, well, the Bears technically had the first pick. Uh, technically, yeah, but I, I, I still think the Bears are better than Texans. Regardless, yes. pick, pick whatever team you want. The answer is no. It's always going to be no. Forever no. It's a different level of athlete across the board. No, yes. no, 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 no. My question for you, could Georgia beat an XFL team? <laughs> right? Right? That's the same reaction I had when that question was asked of me because I'm so used to dismissing it. But then I started thinking, well. So one reason I would say yes is continuity. Like these guys, it's not like they practice a ton. I mean, they practice some, but it's – and you know you're getting sort of parts that are always inter- not much consistency basically yeah. versus a team that understands and knows what it's doing, but still yeah yeah. Now like, like, Josh, I don't Gordon, think- Josh Gordon is having some fun in the XFL and he's a he's different a level player. of dude. There aren't many teams that I think are in this discussion. I think it's like two or three. It's probably Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and that's it. Um, where you have some really good quarterback play and good lines of scrimmage. Because otherwise, yeah. I think it's still higher level of athlete across the board. Um, it's, a, it's a good question, though. Yeah. And it's one I'll uh, kick the coach down, and then he'll probably – Hey, have I do like answer. the rules, at least. I like a lot of the rules they do. Uh, one former Georgia player I want to give a shout-out to, because he was a bit of a combine freak, too, was Matt Landers. 100% correct. Yes. Did not know he was that fast. I knew he was big and lanky. Did not know he was that fast. I'll ne- I mean, I'll never forget. I had multiple conversations the his last year at Georgia. And keep multiple people, watch out for Matt Landers. Watch out for Matt Landers. And, and I, like, it's one of those things where the ability was always there. Yeah. He just needed to go get the confidence and the reps. And, and he did that. And he it, had a great it, season at Arkansas. And went four three nine in the forty. Like he's going to be picked somewhere and and probably make a make a team. See, he's one of those that I look at and I say, he did everything right. He had all the tools you could want for. It feels like Anthony Richardson in those ways, but he didn't catch the damn ball at Georgia, right? <laughs> Which is the it's the first thing you have to do. The rest yeah. of it then is is meaningless. Yeah. You don't true. do that piece of it. Uh, he did much better at Arkansas. I'm really happy for him that that worked out the way mm-hmm. he did because I always heard good things about him. I heard his teammates mm-hmm. loved him. Um, he just didn't play well enough at Georgia to compete there. And that's only getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Um, you know, we'll have a show after the NFL draft, but there are some trends here with Georgia in the NFL draft that I think will be worth following. I think you'll have back-to-back seasons with Georgia having first-round tight end selections, which is unique. Uh, you potentially have, five first-round picks again. Potentially that. Um, this year, you're going to have the second year in a row that Georgia – most likely has defensive linemen selected in the top five, which if you just think in the spectrum of Georgia, that is an outlier because from 
what uh two, like stroud and i mean seymour obviously seymour, was up there they, uh, jonathan sullivan got drafted i think it was oh mm-hmm. four to the saints had a short career but that was a first round pick and that was pretty much it for yeah. like 15 years 20 years if you're going back to the late 90s dp was sort of drafted as a linebacker right yeah they had him at outside linebacker at the time which now he would be an edge you know it's just some of the Positions and terminology have changed there. And Trayvon Walker, frankly, is viewed as an edge um, for mm-hmm. the Jaguars. Uh, and you're not seeing him line up as much on the interior or even that kind of defensive tackle position that George uses. All to say, I, I think you're seeing Georgia have defensive backs now drafted quite often. And I think Kamari Lasseter is going to be in that mix when his time comes to not first round necessarily, although who knows? He's a great there. year. I, I, he, yes. He's an NFL player. I know that. Um, you're starting to look around the league and say, oh, man, there are really Georgia running backs everywhere. And uh, some of them are like Elijah Holyfield hanging on onto a scout team. Some are Nick Chubb. Some are Sonny Michelle, who's probably working maybe his last NFL jobs. But, like, it looks like a new Georgia running backs coming in every year. I think Kendall Milton will be in that mix next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just start to see the positions that, like, Georgia really is viewed as a team that is filling out these NFL rosters and for the most part, having success with it. I, I'll be curious to see what happens with some of the former, like recent draft picks that are getting onto second contracts, like a Miko Hardman. Does he hang out in, in KC? Do they pay him? Or do they, historically, it seems like what they do is we'll draft a fast guy later on on a cheap contract and you have a good day, sir. Thank you for your service. I think that is correct. Yeah. And that's probably why they stay on top because their money goes to Mahomes. And then whoever he throws to, uh, I mean, they let Tyree Kill go. Let's put it that way. That would be an interesting spot for Darnell Washington at pick number 31. Darnell and Kelsey? (laughs) What a formation. I mean, there's a team that knows how to use tight ends. Also, Kelsey's not long for this NFL world. Um, He has a few years left, and that'll – He's a great career. That's a Hall of Famer. Um, now we're rambling, but this has been a great uh, NFL draft talk. This is what we're going to do here for. Uh, and thanks to those of you that have made it the whole way with us. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions or stuff, like send us to us on Twitter because sometimes we yeah. pre-record this. Uh, obviously, this is pre-recorded because if you're watching it live, I'm probably having this set for like noon on Monday. And <laughs> it's obviously dark at my house. So yes. either I'm halfway across the world or we just recorded this on Sunday night. So whatever. Um, Brent, this was great. Thanks as always. I think you're wrong about Anthony Richardson, and I'll keep telling you that, and that's fine. Uh, And then the NFL probably proved me wrong. He's worth the risk, especially if you're the Falcons. That's all I'm saying. No, I disagree. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Let me put my Saints hat on. Totally agree with you. That'd be a great (laughs) pick forevermore. I think it would keep the Falcons in mediocrity forever, uh, and so that's fine with me. Hey, I'll, if he's an absolute bust, I mean, it's going to be one of those ones where it's like, Rollins, you idiot. I'm like, hey, I just told you it was going to happen, that the kid was going to be picked really, really high. Now, that's what I told that In the end, that's what I've said. And here, I, think, it, I think that's going to end up being right. Here's my counter argument with myself in this position. If you don't have the quarterback position right, you ought to draft it every year until you do. And so – the Falcons have to look at it and say, is Desmond Ritter our future? And the answer is no. I think everyone probably recognizes that. Fine player. He's not the next Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow type. Not that. Sorry. All right. So it's worth it that if Anthony Richardson is the best available quarterback at that pick to do it. And then if you go through a year and you're like, I don't like the progress you're seeing, next year you draft another quarterback. And you just keep going because your franchise is not going to be good until you get that right. My that's my main point with anything involving that position yeah. is until you find the guy, you're still looking for the guy. <laughs> like, and you still be trying to pick the guy because being in the middle is just. Ugh. Now there are certain scenarios where you end up with the David Carr scenario where the cast around them ruins their career because it's so shoddy. Um, you've seen that a couple of times with different players. Like I think if Fields Saints, is in that territory potentially, yeah, Justin Fields is right there where he needs to get on another team to kind of revitalize what he's got going on. Or, or the Bears invest money, and I think they will this 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 all season. Yeah, that, but it's getting close to make or break time with that situation. Mm-hmm. The Saints, I think, are in that spot that if they threw a quarterback in that offense right now, 
I mean, Kamara's probably about to be out the door. They can't afford Michael Thomas, and they shouldn't pay him anyway. So then you're sitting there with an offensive line that's pretty average and Chris Olave. <laughs> okay, that's not going to be great. And so I, I could see the Saints just being like, yeah, we'll wait another year, and we'll just tank for it and uh, try to get Sam Howell or uh, – well, Drake May, Drake May, and Caleb Williams. I, was, like, I said Sam Howell. My, I'm yes. going a different UNC. Sorry. Late. <laughs> oh God! Uh, that, don't go Sam Howell, please. No. That's an interesting thing with teams that are high, and if they pass on QB, like if the Raiders pass on QB, if Carolina somehow passes on QB, like that almost in, in a way says, "Hey, we're either going to go Derek Carr, vet, Tannehill, veteran guy, and try to win." nine, 10 games, eight, nine, 10 big games, or we're going into full, you know, I tank mean, mode. It was Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton for the Saints. So See, those guys will, those are serviceable. You'll win seven, eight games, six, seven, eight games and not be the first pick, not be the first or second pick. Yeah. So you're saying you need to go worse than that. I mean, that or somebody needs to come up with a weird injury to, to be like, uh, sorry, bud, here's your check. Check to go away. I mean, I, I feel like Marcus Mariota is about to be the, the journeyman that just goes and hangs out with the team for a year and then moves on. I don't know. that. Hey, he's got a Netflix. Is it Netflix or somebody yeah. documentary about him? Mahomes and him and, and Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins will go somewhere too. And we'll see where Aaron Rodgers goes. Maybe the Packers have to move on to Jordan Love and realize he's not good. And in the end, what are all we, we just spent the last four minutes saying that quarterback really matters in the NFL and you should take chances. That's it. And you should take receivers, though, that like make them look good. Because mm-hmm. I think that uh, Joe Burrow is great. Joe Burrow is not as great if Jamar Chase is not there. I agree. That tree of receivers. Now we're rambling for sure. We're going to wrap this here. <laughs> for Brent Rollins, I'm Dan Young. This is Film Don't Lie without as much film, but a lot of numbers. And this is fun. More NFL draft, uh, draft talk coming, including uh, some film breakdowns. Not full-on breakdowns, but as we talk about this, we'll show you some things as we see them. We may even have an episode where Brent can show you what Anthony Richardson did good on the football field. And I will quickly show you what he did not do good on the football field, just so I can brand it that way. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time.